Hi, I'm Stacy. I love talking about how to know and live out God's callings in our lives, preferably cozied up with steaming beverages in comfy armchairs. You can head to my website, stacysummero.com, for more on discernment. That's S-T-A-C-E-Y-S-U-M-E-R-E-A-U.com. How's it going? Uh, I have some crazy stories for you today, and this show is going to be totally different. So if this is your very first time tuning in to Called and Caffeinated, welcome. This is not going to be your typical show, or at least not in the usual order. So first of all, um, I got a concussion on Sunday, uh, and it was weird. It was really weird. It was sort of like having dementia for a minute, because maybe even now I cannot quite completely form words in the order that they're supposed to go in. So this is an interesting experience. Um, and I knew that when, after I got the concussion, so I'm fine, you know, I just have like the post-concussion symptoms or whatever, a little nausea and dizziness and so forth. But um, yeah, so I I was at the, the playground with my children and it turns out they don't make jungle gyms for people my size. And I was focused on my daughter. I was going to go help her up a ladder because she's into taking risks lately, which is a lot of fun when you also have a two-year-old who's really into taking risks. And so I was going to help her up and totally did not see this monkey bar that was suspended above my head and slammed into it full speed into the metal bar and afterwards couldn't really stand up and walk um, and thank goodness there was a couple who uh, they were my heroes for the evening uh, Tim and Rachel oh man you guys are amazing they drove us home and then they drove us to the hospital where my husband happened to be working at the time and so he ended up clocking out early and coming to to stay with us while I got a scan. So just crazy times. It's weird having a concussion. I don't know. It's like, it's kind of this weird out of body experience where you're sitting there looking at yourself and you're like, this is, this is really okay. This is something. Um, and, uh, yeah, but you know, my husband is also a hero because he stayed with us, uh, till 10 PM entertaining all of us while I was feeling nauseous. And he told us tales of someone called Hank McSpanky, who was our protagonist for the evening. Uh, so we listened to the tales of the great Hank McSpanky. Banky. So, so that's a thing. Uh, the next thing we're going to do instead of going right into our interview is I just want to let you know about a couple things real quick. First of all, if you're listening to this episode after about October 24th, you're going to see a new merch store online on my website, stacysummero.com. I'm so excited about this because this is a new extension of my ministry where I am bringing you hand-designed uh, t-shirts and prints for your home to remind you uh, that God's life that he has picked out for you is an adventure and also that you are beloved by him. So I'm so excited for this, guys. Um, and I'm also offering bundle deals. So if you buy uh, if you buy things for yourself and a friend, you're going to save money, which is great. Love saving money. And it's just in time for Christmas. So please do go check out stacysummerow.com. Super excited. Also, I want to give a shout out to my patrons on Patreon. You guys, um, you make it possible for me to put a lot of work into these episodes. Thank you. Thank you so much to my caffeinated cronies. If you want to become one, it's only $5 a month and you will get exclusive access to Coffee Sips, which is my new faith and lifestyle show. I just released an episode about how to live well while living well below your means. So a little little advice there on being thrifty and also having the spirit of, of poverty, even if you're not actually living in poverty. 
So all good stuff. Uh, check out patreon.com slash called and caffeinated, all one word. Okay, so next thing. Oh man, I'm so glad that you're listening to this episode right now because I just put so much work into this piece. When I started my podcast, I was like, I have to sing Ave Verum Corpus for the people. And it's been a long time because I knew this one was going to take me a long time to record. So I am going to sing all four parts. This is um, soprano, alto, tenor, and bass. And it was a really fun challenge to adapt the bass line for a soprano voice. So uh, you're going to hear that with organ accompaniment. This is by the unparalleled Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. And the lyrics are, Hail true body, born of the Virgin Mary, who has truly suffered, slaughtered on the cross for humanity, whose side was pierced, pouring out water and blood. Be a foretaste for us during our ordeal of death. So dramatic, right? And I think what Mozart got so right about this piece, this is why it's one of my all-time favorite pieces to listen to, is that there is so much longing in the music. You're going to hear beautiful suspensions. And I just invite you to take a little time, and it's only about three minutes long, and just relax and close your eyes and listen to this song and let it seep into your heart and just know that Christ is longing for you. I mean, that's that's why he came to earth. That's that's the whole history of salvation. That's why he formed a covenant of love with us that we're still living into this day. Christ is longing for you in the Eucharist. And so uh, please enjoy the very beautiful Ave Verum Corpus. Here it is.
I mean, what are you going to say to Wolfgang Mozart? I really hope I get to meet him in heaven and just thank him for the beauty of his music, which is transcendent. Um, And I hope that song gave you hope and meaning today. So let's move on to the interview with Dr. Edward Sri. This is a highly anticipated interview for me, was a highly anticipated interview, and I pride myself on being prepared whenever I can possibly be. If I'm interviewing an author, I read the book. Uh, If I am interviewing a speaker, I listen to their talks, and I, I really prepare strenuously for each interview, and I make a point of showing up on time. However, this, of course, I just had this feeling that something was going to go wrong, and the minutes ticked away when Dr. Sri was supposed to join our call, and I'm frantically going through our email chain with his assistant, and I figured out that um, it wasn't really anybody's fault. There was just a miscommunication as to who was going to call whom, so he was actually waiting for me to call him, and you know, It was one of those things where I was practically in tears. I was like, oh my gosh, I just wasted 15 minutes of our 20 minute interview uh, because he is an extremely busy man and I I couldn't believe it. But I ended up just, you know, I made it work. I actually called him and I actually recorded him on my iPhone through the phone. So, uh, sorry, through the computer. So uh, there's the the concussion speaking. I can't find the right words, but um, Yeah, you know, so our mini-sode turned into a mini-mini-sode, so this interview is only about 12 minutes long, but you know what? Dr. Sri, he's the real deal. He makes every second count, so uh, we are going to be talking about discipleship, and I just want to say that I have had the privilege of talking to a lot of the most sought-out Catholic speakers and influencers uh, today, and you know what I notice about all of them is that they show up and they are extremely gracious, and they are kind. And I think that that is a big part of why they got to where they are. Dr. Sri made it clear that he would be very happy to interview with me again in the future at a time, at such a time as when we have a good communication going, and I'll know to call him instead of him calling me. Um, And I just really, I appreciated that because, you know, he has so much going on, and he has eight children. And for him to uh, put forward without me even asking that he'd be very happy to give me another interview when our interview had gotten cut short really meant a lot to me. So that's what I'm learning uh, as I as I learn on this podcaster's journey, you know, I feel like I'm gaining this community of people who are at the, you know, if you want to say at the top of their game for the for a good reason. It's because they show up they are courteous, they're kind, they make every minute count, and uh, and they don't forget their commitments. Um, so that's just a good lesson for me to learn as I as I go through my life and I you know and I, I want to be someone who um, helps bring a positive influence to this world. And I think one of the ways to do that, one of the strongest ways you can do that is by being um, keeping your commitments and uh, being faithful to them and being gracious. So I just want to, you know, thank Dr. Sri for his graciousness. Uh, it really, really meant a lot to me. So uh, he is so wonderful about talking about this deeper transformation of our hearts that needs to happen. So we can't just be Catholic on Sunday. It's just not going to cut it. And uh, so you're going to love our conversation. This is the the part where I just also want to throw out a thank you to J.F. Church, who is my sound editor. He, perf- uh, sorry, he uh, composed, there's the concussion again. He composed the uh 
the music that you hear at the beginning and at the end of every episode. He's, again, he is a true professional. And uh, he is just, he's going to make this this sound awesome because it was recorded not in my professional quality microphone, but in my, uh, in my iPhone. So thank you, JF, for bringing us a wonderful episode of highly mastered sounds that you can hear it well in your earbuds. And without further ado, here's Dr. Edward Sri. Thank you so much for your time. I truly appreciate your expertise. Um, and I wanted to know what calls have you received from God in your life so far? And what did those calls look and feel like? You know, in, in the Catholic tradition, the idea of God's call is not just a one-time act. It's something that God is calling us to throughout our lives, to take these Mm -hmm. next steps, to surrender our lives to him more, to trust him more. And, you know, if you think about someone like the Blessed Virgin Mary, we often think of her initial fiat, which was a Mm -hmm. crucial defining moment, right? When the angel says, you're going to be the mother of Messiah. She says yes to that, but she's called to renew that fiat, John Paul II said, over and over and over again. When she watches her son be born in poverty, she has to still say yes to this. When Mm -hmm. she hears from Simeon about the sword that's going to pierce her heart, you know, wow. Wow, that's intense. And mm-hmm. Cana, when she launches her son's ministry at the cross, it's continual. And it's the same in our lives, you know. So personally, in my life, you know, I could look back and I can think of, you know, key moments in my life where I sensed God really moving me in a certain direction, whether it was when I was a young adult and being on a retreat and mm-hmm. sensing, you know, that the Lord really wanted me to make him not just a part of my life, but really the center. You know, if I had to pick like one key moment in my life, I would go back to that retreat I went to and, you know, where I heard the story of the rich young man and the priest presenting it in such a powerful way that there was a good man who loved God and wanted mm-hmm. eternal life and was obeying the commandments. A really good man, but he wasn't willing to give Jesus everything. And, and I left that, that chapel that night saying, that's me. I'm like the rich young man. Jesus, I love him. And God's a part of my life. I, I'm involved in a lot of Catholic things, you know, more than many other people, you know, maybe. And, mm. But but he wasn't really the Lord of my life. And I, so that would be a defining moment. Certainly. But then so many times uh, since then, there are many moments where God's asking me, okay, trust me. Be willing to do this for me. Be willing mm-hmm. to give this up. Make a change here. You know, and, and, and I just say that's constant. You know, there's yes. bigger moments of calls in life. Like when I, I sense God was asking me to leave Benedictine College where I was teaching for nine years and loved it. And, and to come out to Denver to be closer to focus and be a part of the Augusta Institute. And it mm-hmm. was scary. It was an adventure. And those are big things. And there's little things like I just sense... God wants me to spend more time with my wife right now, or mm. this particular kid needs a little more attention, and I need I need to say yes to that right now. So there's big enunciations and little enunciations yes. all throughout our lives. Uh, God is always calling us to give him more. Amen. What a beautiful answer. That is so true. And that's a perfect lead-in to my next question, which is about discipleship. So in your book, Into His Likeness, which is a wonderful book that all my listeners should read, you discuss the concept of being a disciple, which is a disciple or an apprentice, which is really foreign to us because we go to college and we sit in, or high school, and we sit in a classroom and we take notes and then we write down things on paper and take tests. But that's not what a disciple or an apprentice would do. So what did discipleship look back look like back in Jesus's day? Yeah, the biblical word for disciple in Greek is methetes. It means learner or student. Mm. But like to your point, it's not about 
modern classroom learning, mm-hmm. if you're a disciple, you had a rabbi, which was a teacher, and you, you, you didn't just sh- take notes from your teacher, you shared life with them, you lived with them. Yes. So rabbis would gather disciples, you'd, you'd pray together, you'd study together, you'd share meals together, you'd serve the poor together, you'd debate other rabbis together, and so it was like a whole way of life that was meant to be passed on. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so crucial, this idea of imitating your rabbi. That's the heart of what it means to be a disciple. And St. John Paul II said, in discipleship as Christians, who's our rabbi? It's Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we're called to imitate him, to think like him, to serve like him, to love like him, to judge like he does, to weigh what's important, you know, according to his standards, not ours. Mm -hmm. You know, this is all like what the Christian life is about. And and that's important because sometimes we can think as Catholics, well, to be a a good Catholic, you know, I'm I'm a great Catholic. I go to church every Sunday. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. hey, wow, that's great. Keep doing that. But God's asking a lot more of you. You can yes. say, oh, I'm a, I'm a good Catholic. I, I give a little money and I volunteer sometimes. Again, great stuff, mm-hmm. but God's asking for so much more. We could say, you know, a lot of Catholics today especially say, well, I'm Orthodox. You know, I follow the church's teachings <laughs> yes. on all the tough moral matters. I'm pro-life and all that. Again, absolutely essential. We need to do that. But God's asking for our whole hearts. He's asking us to give our whole lives to him mm-hmm. and to be changed and imitate him. Yes. Um, Yes. You know what? One of the examples I use in the book mm-hmm. is, like I say, you know, I, I, I'm not a great basketball player. Isn't someone that just follows the rules? If I mm. said, "Oh, I'm amazing at basketball," and you say, "Why?" Oh, because I'm really good at staying in bounds, <laughs> and I don't double dribble or travel. That that <laughs> makes me an NBA All Star. You'd laugh at me as you yeah. should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All, all that's essential. But the heart of being a great basketball player is, do you have the skills of basketball, shooting, blocking out, passing? And the same is true as a Christian. Mm -hmm. I'm not just a good Christian if I go to church and believe the right things and do the right things. It's all about transformation. Am I taking on the character of Christ? Am I Mm -hmm. imitating him, loving like him in my marriage, in my family, in my friendships, in my dating relationships, in my workplace? Am I really exhibiting the qualities of Jesus Christ in my daily life? Yes. I love all of that. And I think you hit the nail on the head there with transformation the transformation of our hearts and the willingness to really surrender ourselves to God. Now, in my own story, um, I experienced that true discernment really means surrendering your life to God's plan uh, rather than sort of starting instead of saying, I have my dreams, asking God, what are your dreams for my life? So what can you share about what we gain when we actually take that big step of surrendering to God? Yeah, that, that mm-hmm. you, you hit it right on the head there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for saying it that way, right? Because we often have our own plans, our yeah. own dreams. Yeah. You know, Mother Teresa had her dream, which was like, hey, I want to go serve the, the poor mm-hmm. in India, but not like the real poor. Mm-hmm. She was serving more middle-class people in India and teaching with the Loretto sisters. Loved her job. <laughs> Loved mm-hmm. her vocation. She was very happy. And yet God called her to something even bigger, to give up all of her close friends, her community life, and go out and live a very hard life on the streets of Calcutta, serving the poorest of the poor. But it was in following God's plan for her. And at first she was like, no, Jesus, I don't want to do this. Mm. Choose someone else. You know, and yet she found a greater joy, a greater meaning than can ever be found when we follow our own plans. And the yes. same is true in our lives. And I think about, you know, back in my young adult years in college, I remember my dream was, I'm from the Chicago area, and I had this great dream that I was going to live in Chicago, get internships in Chicago, get a great job after I graduated, and that was my plan, and it was the middle of my college life, I, I, was, I won this competition, and, I, and it was a national competition, I got to go on this big internship, but it was in Iowa, 
Hmm. And I was like, why do I want to go to Iowa? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I, I, wanted, I, I had all these opportunities to go to Chicago, but uh-huh. this was like, it was a national competition. It came with a scholarship. And, wow. and I can remember going to the chapel and like really trying to weigh this and discern what should I do. And, and I didn't want to go to Iowa. I wanted to be with my friends and close to my family and, and be in the big windy city. And it was, that was my, that was my personal dream. Mm. But it was very clear that night the Lord was saying, Ted, trust me, hmm. you know, mm-hmm. be willing to give up this dream and follow me. And I went, I went there and, and it was an amazing experience. It gave me many contacts, many experiences that launched my career, but also helped me grow so many ways spiritually that I wouldn't if I stayed in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's just one tiny thing. And I would say the Lord's done that in my life over and over and over yes. again where I have my own initial plan, my own dream and then he calls me to something different I'm nervous about it, I'm scared like mm-hmm. Mary, Mary was greatly troubled uh, it says she experienced fear at the Annunciation when yes. the angel appeared to her but here's the difference, it's okay to feel that tr- fear but Mary was not controlled by her fear, mm. she rose above it and she still said Lord whatever you want I'm your servant, I'm the handmaiden of the Lord and, mm. and we need to rise above our fears and truly trust the Lord plan, not our own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes um, the hardest part is getting started because you don't have that trust built up yet. You don't have that proof in your own life that God is going to rise to the occasion and in fact give you something better than what you could ever have dreamed for yourself. But once you allow him to prove it to you in small ways, and it's you're not always going to see it right away either, but once you start to see him working, then you can you know, that, then surrender becomes much easier in my experience after, uh, after getting started. Um, so let's say we want to have this transformation. Uh, what are interior signs that we are on the path to true discipleship? Yeah, I think some, some of the signs you're going to see is you are truly seeking God in every little thing you're doing in your life. So you're, you're asking, you're beginning your day and saying, Lord, what do you want for my life? Mm-hmm. How can I serve you in my friendships and with my roommates or with my family or mm. with the people I'm working with? So you, you begin each day not making your to-do list, simply saying, okay, Lord, help me get these things done. You know, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. You got to plan your life and bring God into it. It's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. But you also fundamentally say, Lord, what is your plan for my day-to-day? What's your plan for my week, my life? You know, and that's, that goes back to your point of surrendering your dreams and really entrusting ourselves to his. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think another another sign, you know, maybe is, you know, maybe these are related to some practices, though, is, you know, a, a true disciple is spending time with God every day in prayer. You can't really get a sense of God's plan for your life. You can't really discern anything in your life if, if you're not taking time to listen to him. Yes. And so having, you know, 20 minutes a day, at least, set aside for prayer is, is crucial. I want to be clear what I mean by this, and I write about this a lot in the mm-hmm. Into His Likeness book, that I mean more than just saying, like, bless us, O Lord, and our fathers, you know, and mm-hmm. things like that. I mean more than the rosary is wonderful, as I, and I love the rosary. Pray the rosary is wonderful, but you should do more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean more than, like, using Magnificat, you know, or mm-hmm. praying, like, the Liturgy of the Hours. These are all great practices, uh, but what I'm saying is you set aside, even, even more, even in addition to the Mass, which is the highest form of prayer, the Mass and the Rosary and all these beautiful devotions will only be fruitful to the extent we have the, they meet the fertile ground of an interior life mm-hmm. that is that is cultivated by quiet time with God every day in prayer. You know, where I'm maybe doing Lexio Divina, reading on a reading a scripture passage, talking to God about that passage, putting myself in that biblical scene, maybe. But there's I'm taking time to listen. So I mm-hmm. I, I read the gospel reading and 
maybe I see Jesus healing, you know, the, the woman with the hemorrhage for 18 years. Mm-hmm. And, and she's just reaching out and just desperately touching Jesus. You know, so if I just touch the tassel, then I'll be healed. And I put myself in that same Jesus, you know, I've got these hurts or I've got these fears. I want you to heal me or, or Jesus, I struggle with purity or I struggle with losing my temper, whatever. It is. And I just want to reach out. I beg you, Jesus, help me. Like, and then, mm-hmm. and then imagine what is Jesus saying to you in response and you're listening. So if you don't have that habit, Mm-hmm. of quiet time conversation and listening to the lord you're you're, you're never going to be able to discern really anything in life you're just mm-hmm. going to go with your you're going to be so trained you're so, so enslaved to your emotions mm-hmm. and your fears mm-hmm. you know mary kept things and pondered them in her heart she had this quiet you know uh, interior life so that when things would happen she could quickly respond to what god was asking of her in the moment but when we're always so distracted we're on our phones we have noise all the time and uh, and we don't take that quiet time apart we just don't have the habit of listening yes yes i total agreement with all of that and, and when you listen to the lord you also gain a relationship to him with with him rather which is much greater than his answer to your specific question about whatever you're supposed to do um and that's that's the the party that starts now and goes all the way into eternity so absolutely totally worth investing uh daily time with the lord so i know you have a podcast and a website can you tell people how you like them to find you yeah, they can find me on my website, edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. But they can also tune into my podcast. It's called All Things Catholic. And mm. they can find that on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. The one thing I'll recommend, though, is don't use my last name merely, S-R-I, because if you do, you'll find an Indian Hindu guru. And that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if you just plug in Edward S-R-I, you'll find me pretty easily. Okay, so okay. Tuesday, so. Now I have to go Google that and see what comes up. That's fascinating. There's also, so my maiden name is Jackson, and there's a a Canadian pop star named Stacy Jackson spelled the same way. And I always want to make that qualification too. I'm like, that's not me. She's blonde as well, but that's not, we're not the same person. <laughs> okay. oh, but yeah, that sounds, that sounds great. Um, everyone should go check out your podcast and your website. And I know you have um, into his likeness is one of your books, as well as men, women, and the mystery of love, which I read many years ago. And absolutely it just, I read it at a time in my life when I needed really needed to hear all of those um, all of those lessons in the book. So, you know, thank you for all of your, um, you, all the good work you're doing for the church. And also you have Siri, a series on informed.org, I believe. Can you remind me what that's called again? Is it Symbolon? Uh, Symbolon's on there as yeah. well as Who Am I to Judge, which okay. is all on the problem of moral relativism, how we talk about moral truth in a relativistic age. Yes, there's so much. Thank you so much. That's going to give my listeners wonderful things to think about. And um, I just am so grateful for your time, Dr. Sri. Oh, thrilled to be on the show. God bless you all. Thank you. God bless you too. I'm just so grateful that you're here, and I'm so grateful that Dr. Sri was on my podcast. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts and any questions that you have about discernment. Please let me know how my ministry can serve you. I really mean that. I love to read mail from you and hear about your thoughts and how each episode affected you. So please do tell me. You can head over to my website, stacysummero.com, and don't forget to subscribe while you're there so you never miss an episode. As usual, I'm going to link in the show notes to all of the resources we talked about, including Dr. Sri's website, as well as his wonderful books and resources. So do go check those out as well. Guys, I hope that you have an incredible next two weeks. I can't wait to come back with another episode for you. Thank you for bringing me so much life through this podcast and uh, hope you have a great two weeks. God bless.